Shalom. This is Reverend John Ferret with another Truth Nugget. This series of podcasts is to reconnect us to those days when the believers first heard the words of God. And we emphasize the archaeology, the history, the customs and culture. Customs and culture might be called the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. And even the languages of the ancient Middle East, we ask them with this emphasis, what did they hear? What did they see? What did they understand? Let's try and go back and walk with them on those ancient streets, those ancient roads, just like they walked, so they can help us have our Bible understanding expanded, enriched, and even enhanced. Now, it so happens that Moses is the first one who heard God's name. This is in Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I'm going to the, going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What's his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God further said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial name to all generations. And not even Abraham Isaac or Jacob knew God's name, Yahweh. Now, I pronounce it Yahweh. Uh, others pronounce it Yahweh. Um, there are other pronunciations. There is a debate uh, and discussion among scholars as to how to actually pronounce it. I happen to pronounce it Yahweh. But definitely you do not pronounce it Jehovah. I won't get into that right now. That may be for another truth nugget to show how a monk back in the 15th century actually uh, made up the word Jehovah by mistake. But anyway, we even see that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob did not even know God's name. We read this in Exodus 6.3. And I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God is talking to Moses, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, as El Shaddai, but by my name, Yahweh, I did not make myself known to them. Matter of fact, in this verse, 6-3, it specifically says, by my name, Lord, I did not make myself known to them. And now in your Bible and my Bible, the word Lord is capitalized, which means that what the Jewish translators did, they will not write God's name, yud heh vav heh They will substitute it and put another cover word over it. In this case, it was Adonai, which is translated Lord. But when you actually go to the original, to the original Masoretic text of the Hebrew, it's actually Yahweh. And Adonai created a commandment. One of his ten that's related to his name. So let's go to Exodus 20, verse 7. And again, reading from the New American Standard, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name 
in vain. Now the word take, take his, take the name of the Lord um, in vain, that Hebrew word is actually tisa. And tisa is a verb form of the Hebrew word nasa. Nasa is H5375, that's a Strong's number. But tisa is a verb form of nasa, which means to carry, not to take. So another way of saying the commandment is you shall not carry the name of the Lord in vain. God says he will never forgive anyone who breaks this commandment. God says, he said, I will not leave him unpunished. The Hebrew actually is, I will not cleanse the one who violates this commandment. They will not be forgiven. Why? What's going on? How does one carry God's name in vain? That Hebrew word for carrying in vain is to carry it to evil, to carry it iniquity, to carry it in a lie. Dennis Prager, many of you may know, is a conservative radio host, and he has a show on daily, Monday through Friday. But one of the things about Dennis Prager few people know is that this man is a Bible scholar. His life is devoted to doing one thing and one thing only, and it's not becoming a radio commentator, but it's being a Torah teacher. He is amazing. So in the, in the Rational Bible, Dennis makes some comments with regards to the awesomeness of this commandment that you cannot be forgiven. So quoting from the Rational Bible, Exodus, written by Dennis Prager, I read, but the ultimate and far more important reason that this sin is unforgivable, the sin of carrying God's name in vain, is due to the fact that, indeed, it's translated, do not carry God's name in vain. And who carries God's name in vain? Any person who claims to be acting in God's name while doing the opposite of what God wants. Evil. Obvious modern examples would include Islamist terrorists who shout, Allahu Akbar, God is the greatest, when they murder innocent people. Or a priest, or any other clergy, who, utilizing the respect engendered by their clerical status, molests a child. There is little question Islamic terrorists and molesting clergy have both played a role in the rise of atheism in our time. When any person commits evil, it reflects badly on the person. But when a person commits evil in God's name, it reflects badly on God as well. The result is the only solution to evil. God-based morality is thoroughly undermined. When associated with evil, God and ethical monotheism are thoroughly discredited. And that is unforgivable, as it dramatically reduces the chances of creating a good world. No atheist activist is nearly as effective in alienating people from God and religion as our evil religious people. As noted, the Hebrew word, yanache, hold guiltless, literally means cleanse. Essentially, God is saying, if anyone dirties God's name, God will never cleanse that person's name. Wow. This is awesome. We who say we are godly people who follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
We who follow Jesus Christ, we carry his name. How awful for us to do evil or something bad in his name and we justify our actions by his word? This is pretty serious stuff. In Jesus' name, in the first century AD, the rabbis understood how serious this was and they started creating fences around commandments and a fence around this commandment. At the Jewish scholarly website, Judaism 101, we read concerning Jewish law or halakha with regards to making fences. In reading from the article on their website, they say certainly there are Torah laws, the 613 laws in the Torah that are written, but there are laws that are instituted by rabbis. There's three different versions, and one of them is called Gezerah. It's a law instituted by the rabbis to prevent people from accidentally, accidentally violating a Torah mitzvah, or Torah command. We commonly speak of a gezerah as a fence around Torah. For example, the Torah commands us not to work on the Sabbath, but a gezerah commands us not even to handle an implement that you would use to perform prohibited work. Don't even handle a pencil, money, or a hammer because someone holding the implement might forget that it's the Sabbath and perform prohibited work. So this is the idea of a fence around Torah. In other words, they would say in Jesus' day, in order not to break the commandment that basically says, do not take God's name in vain, don't even say God's name. Now, David Biven, a very reputable Christian scholar, one of the scholars at JerusalemPerspective.com, where there are Jew and Christian scholars together looking at the Jewish roots of our faith and the uh, historical background and the Hebrew heritage of our faith. He wrote an article called Jesus and the Oral Torah and the Unutterable Name of God. And he says in his article there were many words that they use to substitute so they don't have to say God's name, Yahweh. They would use Hashem, which means the name, or Adonai, which means my Lord. When it was necessary, reading from David Biven's article, when it was necessary to refer to God in everyday speech, other substitutes were sought. Ha-Makom, the place, or Ha-Gavoa, the high, or Ha-Lashon, the tongue, or Shamaim, heaven, and others. Even Elohim, which could refer to the God of Israel or to false gods, was avoided in conversation. So serious was the prohibition against pronouncing the Tetragrammata that the rabbis included among those who have no share in the world to come are those who pronounce the divine name as it is spelled. In other words, you can't go to heaven according to the rabbinical view if you actually say God's name. Now the rabbis did say you could use God's name, yud Hey vav Hey, I pronounce it Yahweh, in two circumstances only. And this is recorded in the Babylonian Talmud and probably was applicable in Jesus' day, only for the simple reason it talks about the temple. That the name of God could be used, Yahweh, only in the temple during the high priestly blessing, which was said every day, or only in the temple in the confession of the high priest in Yom Kippur. 
And history shows that the word Adonai was used as a substitute for Yahweh as early as the 3rd century B.C. Amazing. Now all of this said, when we take it to the New Testament, this has a dramatic relationship into asking the question, who is Jesus? And what is his name? We're going to take a look at this in part two as we apply this historical context of these verses to our understanding. Shalom.